This podcast contains explicit content. What it do? What it is, soul brother? What's going on, eh? This podcast is hardly focused. What's going on, man? About it. Dissecting the news one tangent at a time. When there's nothing left to burn, you have to set yourself on fire. Do you guys want to vamp for like 30 seconds while I go and grab my COVID test? Yeah. <laughs> sure. All right. Oh, I... <laughs> what day and age is it you have to grab and gloat about a COVID test? Is he the one that's special because he got three lines? He's got super COVID. Ooh, I'm excited. I, I don't, I don't he know what to expect. He thinks it's, it's a COVID test. It's a pregnancy test. Pregnancy ah, that's, that's exactly what it is. Well, guys, a guy pees on it. If a guy pees on a pregnancy test, it comes back positive. He's yeah. got like a certain form of cancer. I think is that what it is? I can't remember. It's is that weird. true? Yeah. I think I'll oh, look wow. it up while Jack explains his, I don't care about my COVID thing. Uh, I'm pregnant. Sweet. Twins. What does that say? Triplet, triplets. Negative, right? The one line's negative. Yeah. Cool. I don't have COVID. Sweet. Oh, that's that was anticlimactic. <laughs> I, 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 every time I test for it, uh, it comes back negative. <laughs> I suck. Uh, welcome to Harley Focused. Mike Terrara is Zach Ward, Jack Gill. Uh, you can hear us on HarleyFocused.com. You can hear us on your favorite podcast app. We are on YouTube. Just search all those places for Harley Focused. Uh, I have COVID. Uh, you fucking idiot. Yeah. I So... Uh, last week, we were doing the podcast. And just before we started recording... Now, this is uh, last... Uh, Tuesday, I, before the show, take a COVID test because I had just been in Chicago. I had uh, just been at Riot Fest. I've been among thousands of people and both uh, in outside and then indoors as well and in airports, on planes, whatever. So I take a COVID test because then Wednesday, Thursday, I had to go into Boston for work and then be around more people. Take the test. Comes back negative. I even uh, display the test uh, on on camera here for for Mike, for you, for Nate, and it was negative. So we do the show, and then afterwards, uh, the lady and I were on uh, hanging out on Facetime for like three hours. So about like three o'clock in the morning, I finally attempt to go to bed. My throat's starting to not hurt, but you can sort of feel that like little. Uh, twang in there like a little burning feeling and I'm just thinking well I've been talking all night I've been talking for like a solid six or seven hours at this point I didn't sleep at all I didn't sleep at all and um, then I start feeling like I'm I'm sneezing I'm starting to feel a cough coming I'm thinking to myself oh cool cool, great no I'm sick this is great now I'm starting I think I'm starting to get sick so then I go into Boston and I do the work thing. Uh, the Wednesday and the Thursday, uh, I had been up for I think a total of about thirty hours. So that was fun. Went straight to my hotel when work wrapped up. Didn't go out afterwards. I slept for about twelve hours, a solid twelve hours. I feel great the next day, but now I feel well. I feel great now. I slept, but now I feel like I have a cold. Right. So I'm just taking like a pop and Zycam, taking Dayquil, all that. Uh, I get home. Uh, n- now it's Friday. Now it's Friday morning. 
So I'm supposed to spend the weekend with the lady. I get a text Friday morning when I wake up from Kate, who I haven't seen in weeks, mind you. And she says, my boyfriend and I just tested positive for COVID. And this is the first time I think Kate has uh, had COVID where she's tested for it and tested positive for it. And I'm concerned about that. But again, we haven't seen each other. So obviously it's not it has spread between the two of us. And then uh, Beck tells me that just as a precaution because of going to Chicago and then going to Boston and do, doing all the stuff that I should take a test too. So I go to take a test and uh, hey, it comes back positive. I got it. I won. Third time, baby. Third time. So... <laughs> This isn't a punch card <laughs> at your at your local donut shop. Yeah, if I get COVID, ah, I'm, I'm coming, Elizabeth. I'm this, coming. This it's time's the, free. That's the COVID. I'm coming, Elizabeth. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they uh, give out discounts like that at CVS. Yeah, show show up, uh, <laughs> get a COVID eleven times in your twelfth time, and what do you get? Like a free cookie. Free COVID test. Uh, an, an extra receipt with like, you know, like five other coupons. <laughs> <laughs> an extra foot added to your receipt. So, um, so I've got that like post cold uh, coughing and hacking, as you can see. Um, I feel fine. I felt fine since Friday. Like it, it uh, the cold that I had, or I guess COVID was brief. And today was the first day where I woke up where I felt 100%. Like, I didn't have any of that congestion. It's just that that little cough that everyone has after you have a cold. So, uh, but as of yesterday, still positive. And then I'll test again tomorrow. And uh, I, I, the thing I'm just worried about is, you know, how long do I test positive for, even if I'm at this point asymptomatic? Forever. Yeah, knowing my luck, I'm going to be like Dave Navarro and I'm going to be like battling long COVID and I'm going to have this for six or seven months. I mean, at this point, you know, isn't like two shorts make it long? So you got two shorts. This is long. Here you go. Now, Mike, you've had COVID. Oh, okay. Well, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> Zach, you've had COVID. Uh, no, actually, I haven't. What the fuck? Really? The two of no, you. I'm, I, I'm, <laughs> had it for the I'm both of us. Yeah, um, I have tested as well. I've tested multiple times. I've got like a bunch of tests back here too. Uh, I've always been negative. Okay, same. Well, and like I've and I've actually um, been working a job where I've had to like go inside like factories and like interact with people, like still with like masks on, but like um, I haven't caught anything. um, So I don't know. Okay. Well, uh, I. I've had this three times. I wouldn't wish it upon anybody. Uh, this definitely was the uh, most mild version of COVID that I've had. So uh, now it's just a matter of how long. Well, okay, two things. How long do I test positive for? And it, right now we're at 
tomorrow will be, I guess, like day, like five, you know, they say like five days after you, you uh, test positive or first feel symptoms. It's going to be uh, coming up on a week. Like at what point do I just say like, OK, cool, I'm just going to go out and live again to do my normal day to day. Never. Nature's had inside forever. I mean, Nate just had it. Nate, Nate, Nate. a little bit. <laughs> Nate, Nate just got over. I think he told me it took about a week before he was able to. Yeah, but then he was free. Okay, you're you're gonna constantly have it for ever. Yeah, um, I I feel like you should probably take Mike's advice and just like not lick doorknobs anymore. See, I told you it's sage advice for toddlers and for jacks. And like, you know, I'm sure you can get like, you know, I'm sure like they have like, kind of like they have Nicorette, like I'm sure there's like doorknob flavored gum you can get somewhere. (laughs) That's a good, that's a good middle ground. Okay. It's going to be, it's legit right there. It's going to be like, um, like Bubblicious or. No, uh, uh, can it be like Bazooka Joe and come with delightful comics? It, it Delight- would be like if the people that make Necco wafers made gum. Okay, but it's not uh, it's not a local company. Remember, it, it, didn't the, didn't the actual Necco plant around here close down? And they had to probably. Oh yeah. It's. I mean, we still have Necco wafers, but now they're it's like Necco in name only, and now it's distributed by some other factory that's not local because i bought them before <laughs> yeah it's one of those things that no one cared about no one cared it's like, about right, it's, yeah, honestly, like, it's I like do flatter remember. versions of tums exactly <laughs> yeah no one cared about it until they stopped making it <laughs> um so as is better anyways yeah by the way i'm wearing my loop shirt from chicago the station also fell victim to the educational media foundation now now broadcasting a christian Music Fuck format. You stop bringing it up. I hate you. I know it hurts too. It hurts, but I commemorate it. I actually paid money for this shirt. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't just. Uh, I, I think we talked about this last week, but that's what we should have done at AAF. We should have just paid people like thirty bucks a pop for T-shirts instead of just giving them away. When people come, oh, you got any T-shirts? Like, yeah, thirty bucks, cash only. And tip us too. <laughs> so uh, this uh, an important episode because Mike Terrara, Zach Ward, the two of you have never been in the same uh, virtual room together. That is correct. Yes. And and the way Jack is contracting COVID, we'll never be in the same studio room ever. Yeah. 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 I mean, like. I think part of the reason for me, too, is that, like, I'm sure this is similar for Mike, but, like, when you live with people that could literally uh, contract it and um, have a fatal reaction, you kind of, like, you kind of try and find as many ways around not getting it as you can. Oh, I don't give a shit about that. I've got two kids that, like, literally could get the plague and get over it. (laughs) Yeah, it, it's just corrected. the fact that it's goddamn annoying to, to leave the house for an extra hour and a half of travel that they're going to be like, well, you know, see, well, you see, then there you have uh, two sides of the spectrum because like I live with um, uh, someone who was immunocompromised. So it was just like, all right. So, yeah, I'm just not doing things with groups of people. So what That's it, just it. Zach, we call that an excuse. 
<laughs> well, uh, also, yes. Um, I'm just messing like, with you. I'm just fucking. No, with no, you. no, no. But like, fair point. Just only because um, I feel like, especially lockdown was both. It was like it was. Um, it was bad. Good for for uh, social introverts. Because it's like, oh, yes, now I can go even deeper into my introversion. Yeah. So then, like, it's kind of weird for me, um, like, afterwards, because just, just like, oh, things are back to normal again. <laughs> I can't just... Now it's bad that I am, like, oh, you know, spending hours <laughs> just, like, playing Skyrim or and just, like, mindlessly just, like, at the screen. Oh, there's nothing wrong with hours spent playing Skyrim, Zach, and you know it. Oh, I mean, I know, but like, you know, socially, it's supposed to still be wrong. Sure. Just say you're still in a COVID mindset. You're like, I just don't want to socialize yet. I'm not sure. (laughs) I mean, it's better than the people who are probably still in bunkers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think about that every now and then. It's like, I wonder if there's people who's like bugged out and are just like, just still not just dealing with society. Like every now and then I'm just like, there must be, there's going to be a handful of families that have just said, nope. Well, I mean, they were survivalists. They were probably doing this even before COVID. Now COVID just kind of gave them an excuse to feel validated. Uh, I'm just expecting in like 20, 30 years um, to get like a story or just like family emerges from like hidden bunker after 20, 30 years. Their radio equipment stopped working. So they thought they were the only humans living on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> And they actually come out like the, the, the males of the family come out with like long hair and beards looking like Howard Hughes. Yeah, I, I mean, like you know, they always say that truth is stranger than fiction. And I mean, like, look at the last like. You could probably just look at the last like 24 hours and that would still prove that statement is true. Wasn't that uh, that show, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, wasn't that the plot of it? Like she was held was captive. She cult? Yeah. Yeah. She was held captive, but like she was tricked into thinking the world had ended and she escaped and learned that like, no, it's fine. You were just, you were a victim. I was thinking more of blast from the past with Brendan Fraser. Uh, you know, I think <laughs> goes in, goes into an underground bunker because they think that the war is <laughs> happening and they end up not. <laughs> yes. Oh, I need to watch that movie. It's been too long. Uh, Brendan Fraser. What a, what a treasure getting a, like a 10 minute long standing ovation at some film festival for whale uh and he was brought to tears i mean the man has been through a lot i'm glad he's getting something yeah hey look i mean not for nothing like he is one step below cats right now with with in terms of internet love like the internet's like no 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 we are going to build him back up (laughs) we love the phrase i i kind of feel like you know, um, I feel like you like this, Jack. Um, like the whole of hatred that exists for Nickelback, it kind of feeds into the love that there's there for Brandon Fraser because, like, like to be up there with Cats really is like an achievement. I so this is just how much the internet has ruined me. You said Cats. And I didn't immediately default to the, you know, the living organisms. Oh, you're are you thinking of jellicle, uh, yeah, jellicle, jellicle, yes, cats? Yes, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking too. of... I had to suppress it. Yeah. I had to suppress it. The the 2020 
motion picture event starring James Corden and Taylor Swift. And their anuses. Yeah. Uh, we do have a story later in the show, too, about cats. Um, yes, and, yes. And, which Zach brought to the table. Um, which Thank you, Zach, for the show prep. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, we've got... Uh, Mike, I do want to talk to you about the sports ball. Because that's in the oh. sports ball. We got a lot, man. We got a lot in this episode. This is, this is a packed episode. So... Uh, why don't we do this? Why don't we uh, regroup and then we will jump into it. Um, and I don't know why I pulled up on Spotify Nickelback. Oh, but I did. God. Well, you know, no. it just means we're going to love Brendan Fraser a little bit more. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Mike. So, so I was talking. Who the? I had to have been talking to Beck about this. So uh, Nickelback. At the radio station, when we worked at AAF, there was a Nickelback song that you even said yes, that you liked. It's the one that does not start out immediately with Chad Kroger lyrics. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and, and I can't remember what, which one it's called. Um, oh, God. So was it something in your mouth? Maybe. It starts out pretty heavy. It's like... Dun, 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 dun. It might be because this is... So this album came out in 2008. It's Dark Horse, and it's the opening track. Let me. Okay, I, I apologize to everyone. Hold on, no, no. I'll, 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 uh, I'll check. Give me four seconds to clear out a fucking Facebook ad or okay. a YouTube ad. Okay. And I'll uh... subject yourself to it, and not, uh, not our listeners. Because uh, I don't think it was off. Um... Mm. Wasn't I think that? It's that one. You do think it was that one? I don't think it's you that one. You don't think it was that one. Okay. Burn it to the ground. Burn it to the... Okay. That and I don't sense. mean Nickelback. I mean the actual song, Burn It to the Ground. Right. That makes sense. That was around... Uh, yeah, it came out in 2008. That probably was 2009. Yep. That single came out, so... It's, yeah. it's deceptively good because you've got the rock first before you get to the song. Every other Nickelback song is... I've got lyrics. I like to sing. Yeah. Yeah. Even my, one of my favorite Nickelback songs actually starts off with, uh, Chad singing. So that, yeah. Now that I think about it. Cause you're a basic bitch. That's why. Well, it's off silver side up, which itself isn't a bad album. It's like, just, they became Nickelback. Yeah. They, they became more hated than a pickle. Had, do, you, do you think it would have been any different had that album not come out on September 11th? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had a lot of competition on release day on 9-11. Uh, they had to go up against uh, the soundtrack to Glitter starring Mariah Carey. Oh, I forgot about that movie. <laughs> Glitter. It's like half a step above Gili. Oh, I'm... Oh, I'm... I'm glad I forgot about that movie. Turkey time. Gobble, gobble. Okay. Uh, we'll regroup and we will come back with significantly less Nickelback discussion. Stick around. to be a fly in the wall for this conversation. Bob, you're in the room. You are listening to Hardly Focused. This podcast contains explicit content. You are listening to Hardly Focused. Let's begin the show by starting it. Hey, we're Hardly Focused. Thank you for checking us out. Mike Terrar, Zach Ward, Jack Gill. You can get us at hardlyfocused.com. 
We are on your favorite podcast app. We're on YouTube. Just search all those fine places for Harley Focused. Uh, the 27th of September. It is the 557th episode. And uh, for the next uh, couple of minutes, we will attempt to discuss sports. I do not have the intro queued up. But, Mike, I do want to ask you how you're feeling about Mac Jones and that injury from Sunday's uh, game. I, I'm just going to say that if you're a Patriots fan, let's just, uh, you're just going to need to write off the season right now and just enjoy a rebuilding year uh, that you know in the, the Patriots nation has had to deal with the past 20 years. <laughs> because it, 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 getting, we'll say, it used to be going eight and eight, which now you can't do for a 17 game season. Uh, going nine and eight is a pipe dream. Uh, getting above 500, I think, is going to be a stretch. Do you feel bad for anyone who had Mac on their fantasy team? No, because there's no way you should have picked him as your main quarterback. He's a system quarterback at best, and he never put up numbers um, you know, in the first season that were consistent. And it doesn't matter if your quarterback's great you know, in terms of a winning team. You can have an average quarterback that just has to sling the ball in order to stay in a game, and they have a losing record. Because he keeps lofting fucking bombs for 70 yards and gets catches, he puts up numbers. I mean, Matthew Stafford was on a shitty team for a while, and yet he was one of the best fantasy quarterbacks because he'd have to chug the ball every day. So, it, you know, but Mac didn't have to, doesn't have to do shit because he's got eh for an arm right now, and he's not really a running quarterback. So, eh, you're not really, yeah, yeah, he's second tier, second tier. He's like Jake DeLone back in the day. Do you think we just put too much stock into Mac Jones just being the, yes. the guy who followed Tom Brady? Uh, basically, yeah. Um, I mean, they could have picked another quarterback. Um, I think they should have picked somebody else, but they picked him and you just go with him. Or they probably picked him too high and put him into there. I don't know. He just doesn't seem like he's ready. What if, and this is being sparked from a Boston.com article that was uh, had nothing but glowing things to say about Brian Hoyer taking over, but uh, what if they decided to go the free agent around Brodden Kaepernick? If nothing else, publicity yeah give old colin a shot finally uh i mean not for nothing it would shut everybody else up be like all right fine we give him a shot because he hasn't played in years right like ever since the uh, 20 what 17 at this point how many years ever since the i think it's older now like 2015 ever since the the whole kneeling thing uh let's see because he practices every year like he's ready to go it's just no one wants to take him which is bullshit because there's other shitty quarterbacks that are just as bad as he is or <laughs> average as he is, you know. Uh, Zach, did you watch the football game at all last weekend? Yes, I do like throwing the ball. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- uh, this one's for you, Zach. So uh, I have uh, audio from okay, So uh, Patriots lost um, uh, oh, on Sunday. Okay. Uh, they are currently what, like one and two, right now. Uh, yes. Uh, so, um, I guess the question I do have, because like I had, I even though I don't really follow football, I've kind of lightly followed just like the saga of you know our sports teams because like you know might as well since sure. 
we do a lot of good ones. But like, so what has happened significantly with the team like in the last like like year or two? Uh, well, we're no longer cheating, I guess. Quote unquote. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, no the the likelihood of the Patriots ever going to the Super Bowl uh, is it's significantly lower now because we don't have Brady and we don't have Gronk and like Mike said it's a, it's it's a cleansing basically yeah and and not only that there's a couple of players on there that I don't know why but they fucking suck and they're not going to help the team so they just need to purge get some other people in here and uh it seems to be that the uh the control and the understanding of who's doing what in, in the coaching staff is a little bit wonky now. So I don't know. Yeah. We're, um, we're, we're now at the point where to win a game is significant for this team. And then to win several games. Yeah. If they're down in the fourth quarter, no longer is it, Oh, they're going to come back and win. It's well, yeah, we'll see you next week. Yeah. They're just a regular team. Now, Zach, that's, that's just what it is. It's, it's, there's no weight of expectation behind this team that they are going to take it all the way to playoffs. And then the, the, it's not necessarily like a guaranteed spot in the Super Bowl, but um, they're just a regular team there. It's it, it, like we don't live. We don't live in New England. We don't live in the Boston area and just assume that the Patriots are going to just wallop every team they play as they've been doing for the last 20 years. Now you just. um uh, you just sit back and watch yeah, them I th- cry. I think the problem is everything seems to be right now coming down at the same time. So the Patriots are in a funk. They're not going to be winning. If they make the playoffs great, they're going to get tossed out in the first round in the wild card. We know that. The Red Sox fucking suck. They kicked it this year. They're out of the playoffs. The Celtics overperformed last year. They made it the finals, but now the coach that made it the finals is kicked out possibly forever, at least for a year. Oh. So that's kind of an unknown or like shit. Does that mean if without the new coach, are they going to backpedal? Oh God, this is going to suck. And then you get the Bruins and you're like, I don't know if they've got it this year. Yeah. The best thing. I mean, the best, the only thing we, we know is they signed Zidane Chara for a one day contract to have him retire as a, <laughs> as a Bruin, which Huzzah to that, but I don't know. A lot of guys, guys are kind of seemingly on their last legs, like a fire, farewell tour before they retire kind of thing. I don't know. Right. After, um, I mean, Red Sox won the World Series a few years ago. Uh, the what, ownership just doesn't give a fuck anymore. What year did the Patriots last win the Super Bowl? Was it 19? Uh, 2019 or 2020? Yeah. 2019. Yeah, 19. So, and because Brady left. Right afterwards, Brady and Gronk, I believe, both left right afterwards. So, um, we just have regular teams now. Well, the Red Sox still they'll go. It's just not there. I don't want to be the. I don't. I don't want to sound like a uh, super optimistic sports fan. Could literally just not be their year because then they have some years where they're just they win World Series. It, it, you're like, right. It is. It is true. I mean, they did go like the 2018 was like wow, what happened? But yeah, 20, 2004, 2007, 2013, 2018. I mean, they've you know, the way that the numbers are, maybe next year is going to be a, you know, world series win again, but 
I mean, it was a, it's been a shitty year with the shitty performances all around. Right. But then Bruins and Celtics, Celtics especially. Well, but more of Bruins especially, where they will yeah, get Celtics very close. have the same team. It's just a question of is you know is with with basketball. It's like if the coach isn't there, like if the coach isn't there, the team isn't there sometimes. So, what even happened with the coach? Oh, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Uh, well, it, initially it was like, oh, he had some, some relations with some, uh, Celtics ladies, uh, that was purely consensual. And then it was like, oh no, no, he harassed the fuck out of him. Like, oh, that's cool. not good. Awesome. He's being a, he was being a guy, being a male, uh, yeah. a, a male in a position of power. Uh, and he's married to actress Nia Long who uh, was in uh, some very good movie. She's a fantastic actress. So I don't know what's going to happen with that. But yeah, Ime Udoka. Sure she took that well. Yeah. Smack the shit out of him. That's what she hey, should be doing. You, you got to. Got to raise a strong hand. Uh, so uh, yeah, Ime Udoka, Celtics coach, out for the entire 22-23 season. So uh now they've got the uh, interim coach, and uh, we'll see what happens. Wh- who knows? Because Cora got suspended for a whole season for sign stealing. I mean, yeah, he wasn't like beating women, but they brought him back, and then look what happened. Red Sox just suck. True, but I feel that's a little different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How so? <laughs> just slightly. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I don't know if... Uh, I, I I don't know if it's really going to impact the performance of the team in being gone. I I, I, you know, I don't know. I, we don't know. We'll find. I mean, ultimately we'll find out. But there's that question mark now. As before, they're like, "Oh, we got the same team. We got the same coach. We're going to go." And now it's like, "Fuck." I don't know. Uh, Zach, for you, I have audio from this past Sunday's game against the Ravens that they lost. I believe it was thirty-five uh, twenty-seven, and uh, I think it was in the fourth quarter it was right at the end of the game when uh jones injured himself i don't know if you saw mike any of the the photos of him as he was limping off the field but the face he was making the dude looked exactly like the exasperated emoji like making the exact face like the, the 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 shape of the eyes and the shape of the mouth <laughs> Uh, I could tell the dude was in pain, you know, and, and, and a yeah, lot so he's he, like, they're like, oh, it might be a few weeks to a month. You know, that's going to be months. Yeah. So here's uh, audio of uh, Mac Jones when the injury occurred. Ah! <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> uh, and then here's audio from Mac Jones uh, doing a press conference talking about the injury and see if you can uh, determine, see if you can point out the crutch, no pun intended, but the crutch that he's hanging on uh, as he's answering questions. Here we go. Hey, Mac. Uh, First of all, hope everything's feeling all right uh, after yesterday. Um, A question on the high ankle sprain, the tightrope surgery that has been done on high ankle sprains lately, um, it was big when you were at Alabama. I know you had mentioned it a couple of years ago. There was a quote from me today just on the efficacy of it. Um, 
I was wondering if that was something that's come up uh, in your recovery process and kind of your thoughts on that potentially being a, a, an avenue here. Yeah, I'm just kind of taking it day to day and uh, making sure everything's good. And honestly, any injury questions are Coach Belichick's thing. So I'm not here to answer them. I appreciate <laughs> everyone kind of reaching out and, and looking after me, but it's kind of just a day to day thing and um, just trying to get better. Thanks. Uh, next question, Mark Daniels, followed by Chris Ryan. Mick, how, how are you feeling today? And, you know, at, at, at what point will you learn, you know, when you can get back on the football field? Um, yeah, I feel feel good, obviously. Wish we played better, and uh, obviously I can play better. So we just got to watch the film like we did and uh, come up with ways to do things better. So um, that's pretty much it. And um, like I said, I'm just going to take it day by day and get my treatment and, and do what I do. So um, just see how it goes from there. Next question, Chris Ryan, followed by Mike Reese. Hey, Mac, just kind of along those lines, is there an intent to be ready to, to play this week? Like, is that your, your goal at this point? Hey, I think, uh, like I said, just taking it day by day and uh, see how I feel <laughs> and um, do my treatment and kind of just go through that and, um, like I always do, just focus on today, and then t- when tomorrow comes, focus. Can I, on can I ask a question in a different format, um, text, but the same actual the updates, question like a, coming out to you? Can you answer it differently this time? God damn! Uh, how uh, do you think? Uh, how do you think he's going to take it? <laughs> Maybe uh, ch- check back in a few days. I think you know what. I'm just going to check back in a few days. At this. Guys, it's a Patriots press conference. You know the fucking routine. It's been the same routine for 25 fucking years, okay? You ask a question, you get stonewalled, you get a standard fucking boilerplate answer, and you move the fuck on because you're not going to get through it, okay? End of story. How many times does he have to say, talk to coach? Uh, Mike, you're right. That's not... It's going to be a while before we see Mac play again. They're talking like six to eight weeks. He's he's hoping for like four, maybe. It's a, it it kind of depends on if they do um, that tightrope surgery. Yeah. If he do the tightrope surgery, four weeks and he's back. They don't, depending on how bad the ankle sprain is, it's two, two, three months, depending on what it is. So, Zach, what you're seeing is, as we said, a new era of the uh, New England Patriots, and uh, you can help us usher in a brand new quarterback. Because we're gonna have one, <laughs> yay! Uh, you know, so this press conference, you know, what it reminded me of uh, remind me of this from Family Guy. Tom, residents all over Quahog have been affected by the heavy rains. Although some are doing their best to ride it out. For example, I'm here with rides a ten speed everywhere guy. Sir, why are you riding your ten speed in the rain? I don't mind. A little drizzle never hurt anybody. Uh, I like riding the ten speed because it's fun, uh, gives me energy, and it's a great way to stay in shape. What do you do for a living? I work in accounts receivable at Quahog Insurance. Uh, it's not too demanding. The pay is good. And it's a great way to stay in shape. Well, we should wrap this up. You're getting wet. Well, I'm living life before the cancer I have kills me, so uh, I don't mind the rain. Water feels good on my skin. It's cool, refreshing, and it's a great way to stay in shape. What kind of cancer? It's rectal cancer. It's slowly eating away at my lower insides. Uh, It's a quick process, both painful and untreatable, and it's a great way to stay in shape. (laughs) 
uh, came to mind after uh, nine minutes of Mac Jones just reiterating how he's going to take everything day by day. That's a great way to say it. Yep. yep. All right. Uh, congratulations. Uh, 16 minutes of sports discussion. We did it. Yay. Now, if only we were on sports radio, we'd have to do this for another three hours and 45 minutes. Yikes. Uh, so, uh, Zach, you brought this one to the table here. So, um, oh, yeah, cats. <laughs> so here we go. Uh, I thank you for um, bringing us to. I mean, I attention. specifically waited to read it just so we could get like my, my authentic reaction because I just saw the title and it's just like, all right. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna go to. Uh, Evansville, Indiana. Uh, this from the courierpress.com. Uh, the woman at, I'll just jump right into it. The woman at the other end of a leash held by retired teacher Ruth Bays didn't say much other than an occasional meow. Quote, this is Teresa who identifies as cotton candy, Bays said. Uh, Bayes and Teresa Finn addressed the Evansville Vanderburg School Court Board on Monday about social media rumors that the school district is allowing students to dress and behave as animals, even providing litter boxes in bathrooms. Uh, it's not true, uh, school officials say, and they have taken to the school's social media accounts to say no. Now, Mike, since you have kids... Uh, and I know that we're living in an era of uh, where, where everyone has to be inclusive. And if, if you want to identify as a cat, then you should be allowed to do so with no judgment and uh, no pushback. Oh, uh, I'm here live. That's not I'm not a cat. I can I can see that. Uh, but if you were told that when your kids are older and they're going to uh, public school, because I'm assuming they're going to be going to the finest public schools that Fitchburg Lemonster has to offer. Uh, maybe we'll see. <laughs> uh, what, what would you do if you were told that they would be providing litter boxes in the bathrooms for anyone who identifies as feline? Um, I mean, at, at that point I'd be like, you got to get an extra fucking janitor in there. All right. Yeah. You got somebody, if, if they're, are they, the only thing I care about is are they, are they litter box trained? Cause let's be honest. If you have an, a litter box, you know, that you get the, the, the kitty litter comes out. It gets all over everything. No, no, you, you got to get somebody. This, if the kid's not, if, if the furry is not uh, uh, litter box trained, then we got a problem. If they are, what the fuck ever. All right. <laughs> you have to change it out every day anyway. Whatever. I got, I got, we've got bigger problems than a fucking furry taking a shit in a, in a bunch of sand. <laughs> okay. Uh now Zach, if you had kids uh and they're you know in public school and uh because God forbid this would ever happen in a private school or a Catholic school, it would only happen in public uh -huh. school. Oh um, right, yeah. Uh yeah. what what would you do if your uh non existent children uh come home and say, uh Papa Zach, we have litter boxes in the bathrooms now for everyone who identifies as feline, what would you do? I mean, I would probably just bust out laughing first, um, just because that's like my first uh, reaction to absurdity. 
Um, I am all for, like, people identifying and what they want and everything. But, like, last I checked, that isn't... It's not an orientation. It's actually more of, like, a kink. So it's just kind of weird when you have two adults going to, like, a council meeting and then literally forcing other adults to have to publicly make a stance like, no, we are not providing litter boxes for adolescent children to take shits in classrooms. (laughs) We are not doing that. Just in case we need to make sure we can say that, because I can only imagine the things that these schools, and I'm not saying all of them are good or run by good people, but I can only imagine the kind of things that they, like, have to, like, PR spin. Um, and that's, uh, wow, I can just, like, imagine waking up that morning, being that superintendent, just yeah. being like, I'm going to have to say this today. Like, just brushing your teeth. I'm going to have to tell people that their children will not be having litter boxes to defecate in the <laughs> classrooms while they, they're learning about history. You think that'd yeah. be the worst of the superintendent's problems, too. Right. <laughs> Probably not. Not like, hey, is my, is my, is my school, my elementary school, going to get shot up today? No, I got to worry about having to uh, dispel rumors about litter boxes in the bathrooms. Uh, exactly. Priorities, right? Now, I've got two litter boxes in my home for my cats. And every once in a while, I think about just what if I just piss in the litter box? What if I just drop a deuce in the litter box one day? Like, I feel like they would be offended. <laughs> oh, yeah. They'd be like, fuck you, asshole. This is ours. <laughs> like, what would my cats do? Like, <laughs> do they just not use the litter box anymore because I've taken it over? It's either that or they would look at you like, good, finally, weirdo. <laughs> because they're like, finally, you're finally using the bathroom, like, not like a fucking idiot. Because they're looking at you like you're just a big, weird cat that's just, like, eats food that, like, smells like poison and then just, like, walks outdoors and is gone for long periods of time. Yeah. Uh, there was one time where uh, I was I was in a work meeting, and it's... Um... So I'll say like regimented things where like, you know, it when my turn comes up, it's after someone else's turn. Um, so I can kind of time if I need to get uh, anything done before I have to go and realized I really have to take a leak and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm about to go in like a minute. So I run to the bathroom and it was in such a rush. So I forget to unzip my pants. (laughs) So in my, in my home and largely because of the animals, because I'm just, it's just how I am. Even if it's just me here and you know, it, it is just me here. I will still close the doors because I don't want the animals coming in when I'm in there. And I was in a rush and I had the door open and I just ran in and they're taking a leak. And I noticed both Bill and Ted came into the bathroom and both of their heads are cocked to the side. No pun intended. Just watching me as I'm taking a leak because they had never seen this before and they didn't know what was happening. Uh, and ever since then, because one time I went into the bathroom and didn't close the door. Now, every time I go into the bathroom, Bill will sit outside and I just hear the 
don't know if that picked up over the mic. Oh, that picked up. Yeah. The scratching on the door wanting to come in. Like, no, fuck you. I'm in here. Yeah, I, I was reading a little bit about that. And, like, um, partially it's because, like, the cats know that it's, like, a vulnerable moment that we can't go anywhere. And then, like, you know, they can corner us for pets. <laughs> or or uh, pouncing. Attack. Oh, that that sounds a little bit more annoying, but yes, probably that too. <laughs> yeah, if I'm if I'm in my downstairs bathroom because the the door's right there, like if they start scratching on the door, I just slam the door, I just smack it, and then that deters them. Yeah, I'm, at I'm least a good they don't parent. Know how to open the doors. Oh God, and they've got the extra toes on them too. I'm surprised that we haven't had the the Jurassic Park moment. That means you have good doors, and like you know, you're not living in like a shitty Worcester apartment. I girl. I have actually considered like if they can figure out because I see Bill sometimes because he watches me when I go to open the door and I think he knows that like okay if you turn this knob and, and don't lick it but if you turn the doorknob then that will open the door so sometimes I see him well he'll like be reaching up and touching it but he doesn't know what to do with it I don't think he's he'll ever hopefully ever figure out how to grip it but, yet yeah but yet if they do uh, Mike, you have small children. Do they still make those little things you can put over the doorknobs? Um, oh yeah. Okay. Do you have Do you have doorknobs or do you have door latches like the levers? Knobs. Knobs. Okay, so you got an easier time. They can. Yeah, they. Uh, you can get a bunch of those. Okay. I had to. Have put, you guys ever? Um, have we ever what? Oh, um, have you guys ever seen like the uh, the little like um, the pads? Where that you press the pet press, uh, presses a button, it's just like a word, and it lets the people talk to their animals. Oh my god! Yes, yeah. people like condition dogs into using those, right? Yeah, because like apparently you can do that with cats, and I feel like that's not something we don't we don't need to know. Like we already know enough just by seeing the things that they do. Like there's some things that should be a mystery, but it's just like I think it's funny because I feel like most cats would just be like probably just like slamming the feed me button or just like angry because they want I hate to you. Boom. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. Die. Die. <laughs> die. Die. <laughs> uh, my Why st- don't you like my stupid cats? They've got that uh, like the ball on the, the circle track thing. In the other night, Ted and I know it was Ted. Because this is the kind of shit that Ted does because he's fat. Took the ball out. He got the ball out of it. And I don't know where the ball is. <laughs> it's somewhere. He probably hit it. Yeah, it's somewhere in this house. And that thing is not that thing could like break a window easily. It's not uh, like I if it went down the stairs. I don't know. I don't know where it is. But, you know, who's going to be really pissed about it is my dog of equal intelligence because if the dog remembers that that's there and that the ball inside can move, he'll just start barking at it. And he won't stop barking at it. There's a lot of IQ in this house, let me tell you. <laughs> Mostly in the animals. <laughs> hey! Right. Hey, I resemble that comment. <laughs> Okay, uh, very good. Uh, so moral of the story, um, never send your kids to school ever, ever. No, nope. no. And if your kid, but at the same time, if your kid wants to identify as a cat, go right the fuck ahead. 
Whatever. Yeah, you mean like realistically, that's it's fine. Just like you know, don't no litter box at school. What? What? What pronouns? What pronouns do you use if you <laughs> identify as a cat? Like meow. I mean, technically, a cat, you know, is is, is gender specific, male and female. Okay. I don't think there's a. I mean, logistically, I don't think there's an actual subset. You can just use they and them. Puss. If you're worried about it. They them puss. There you go. Kitty Puss. kitty. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. There's, there's yeah. way there's way more stuff going on. Like you said, Mike, there's way more stuff going on. It's just like realistically, that is fine. Okay, that's good. But just like also probably not litter boxes <laughs> in the schools though. Just that's pro- probably no. That's just probably a no. And let's just move on. Just let's, all right, let's move on now. Not this just, year, anyway. <laughs> let's move on to no. some real shit. Yeah. <laughs> hey, at least we're talking about this, right? Like, let's say you know nature is healed when now now the biggest concerns that we have are uh, litter boxes in the bathroom and cooking chicken and NyQuil. Mm. Boy, mm, yes. boy, it's good to have these days back. All right, uh, let's regroup. We'll come back and we'll have more for you. Stick around. You are listening to I Keep Pooping During Sex. Hardly focused. This podcast contains explicit content. You are listening to Hardly Focused. But isn't all food bad for you? I've been eating lasagna and muffins every day of my life for 40 years and I feel terrible. Thank you for checking us out. You can get us at HarleyFocus.com on your favorite podcast app. We're on the YouTube. Uh, just search all those places for Harley Focused. Uh, we were t- kind of talking about this earlier in another segment. Uh, Zach, I think you had brought it up. The family that's been hiding in a bunker that finally emerges uh, and, and emerges into a world that's unfamiliar and scary. Um. Survivalist. Yeah, like that was like every now and then I just my thoughts always drift to that and just like there must be like there has to be like at least one family that was just like we're in it for the long haul, Cindy. Uh, have you played Far Cry Five? No, but um, I'm pretty sure I've seen gameplay of it. Okay, because that's the one that's in Montana and it's basically about a doomsday cult survivalists. Um, thinking that the world is coming to an end and it's, uh, I guess, great commentary on pre-pandemic life. If anything, it was more fantastic commentary on what life was like in 2016 during that whole time, <laughs> that whole era. There's the, I think there's even a great like side mission uh, where it's just a total dig on the on Trump and the presidential election and uh, some relevant social commentary. But anyway, uh, there's an Ask Reddit thread that I saw earlier today. And it's a very simple question. Uh, what's your plan if nuclear war breaks out between NATO and Russia? Because it's that time of year again where we have to start having these conversations. Yeah, global thermonuclear war. Huzzah. So uh, I'll just tell you right off the bat. 
Uh, if that shit happens. Uh, Jack's going outside and embracing the warm glow. Yes. And knowing my luck. You'll turn into a ghoul? I'll survive. I'll turn into a ghoul, smooth skin. Well, I'm sure my grandkids will appreciate it. I'll begin. Say hello to Uncle Jack for me. I'll begin worshiping at the Church of Adam. Bask in Adam's glow. Well, I'll be honest. I'll make sure that my uh, my uh, subsequent generations kill anybody that worships the Church of Adam. So, my favorite niche group was the the followers of Jason Bright, where like he was going to convince them that they they were going to fly to the moon or fly to some planet and start like a new civilization, and they actually get as far as getting the rockets to launch. Here you go. Right? Hey, it's better than most. And I just love how it was open ended and it was never explained if they actually <laughs> made it to their destination. <laughs> Something, something, something Kool-Aid. Yep. Uh, or whatever sort of concoction you can make in 2281 with what you have available. I don't think it'd be too hard. Uh, but, uh, Zach, if nuclear war breaks out, uh, what's your plan? Is it bad that, like, the first thing I think of are just, like, those 50s, um, like, nuclear, like, preparedness uh, videos or just, like, in case a nuclear warhead explodes outside, hide under your desk. Duck and cover. And cover. <laughs> duck and cover. If you see the flash, duck and cover. By 1964, everyone will have a nuclear bunker in the basement of their homes. But I mean, like, I don't know. Uh realistically it all depends it seriously all depends on whether or not you know society like significantly is affected in a like collapse kind of way or not but like because like that's kind of big for a nuclear warhead to go off especially in this day and age so like it's kind of hard to say what any of that would even look like so um, yeah I think it's I guess really I think it's safe to say that if uh this does happen that uh everything's going to be fucked and that the models and the films and the portrayals and the predictions of what uh the world will be like post apocalypse uh it will be a million times worse. Yeah, and like I'm not ready for like Mad Max 3.0 because like you know, re- reality would definitely be like not way as more fun. <laughs> yeah. No. And I mean like I got ninja swords that I got hiding. I don't want to have to use them. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> but I will if I need to. Right. <laughs> right, right. Especially if we start doing some weird like cordyceps like zombie bullshit. Oh, I'm glad you said that. The trailer for The Last of Us I dropped actually yesterday. Really I have not played the games. I saw that trailer because you um posted about it and i actually really want to watch the show because it looks interesting yeah the trailer everything that they show in the trailer is straight out of the game so straight out of content so you, you might not even have to play the game uh oh that's good it, good to know i'm i'm really hoping oh god i'm hoping that the first the entirety of the first episode is the opening scene opening sequence of the game because that I I've played this I played this game like four times now 
in, in, in it's came, it came out 10 years ago and that, it, every single fucking time that opening sequence just leaves me an emotional disaster so uh, I there's a high degree of expectation for how they're going to pull it off on the live action series, coupled with the fact that it's by the same people who did Chernobyl, which is a masterpiece. Oh my god! As, as soon as I heard that, I was like, I, I don't care if I don't give a shit about the game. Not that I don't, but that right there, like that's bar. That bar is fucking high. Yeah, that second episode of Chernobyl. Oh my god! Oh, the, and the whole damn series. Yeah, but the second episode, especially. I mean, that that's like that's up there with like greatest uh, hours in the history of the medium that is television. Episode two of Chernobyl. What does the decimeter say? Uh, Three point six Ronkin, but that's as high as the meter. Three point six. Not great, not terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe wasn't the actual uh, Ronkin count uh, uh, twenty one thousand. Uh, at the actual area of the core, the exposed core. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Zach, if you haven't watched Chernobyl, you should. Yeah, it's only six episodes. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's uh, H- HBO Max. Yep. Okay, um, then, yeah, so, I got that. Okay, you got that. Uh, yeah, six episodes. Honestly, for me, I, I kind of, uh, although that episode is amazing, I do like the courtroom scene where he's explaining things like, this is why things got fucked up. And I don't care if I'm going to go down for this, but like point blank, he's like, and this is what it is. It's all about balance. And we got this and we got this and we got this. And it spices back to a lot of the episode two scenes too, which I think is why it's, it's, I like it as well. So yeah. spoiler alert, Chernobyl exploded. Like, you know, just, <laughs> I don't know if that, you know, what? Yeah. Kind of like spoiling Titanic, I know. <laughs> That's the thing. I was I was explaining it recently, and uh, I, I really didn't feel like I was spoiling anything because, like, we all know what happens. Uh, but I do yeah, like, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's not a spoil. It's it's one of those you're like, well, it's not necessarily a documentary. It's a docudrama. Yeah, is the best way to describe it. because there are they take liberties with some things, but. You know, it's as accurate sometimes as it can be because it literally happened behind the Iron Curtain where they literally, to this day, have only admitted that 31 people died. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's not that there, there's, a, there's a scene, I think it's at the end of the first episode when, uh, you know, the explosion has happened and like everyone in, it was like Pripyat or, uh, yep. I think it was Pripyat. Yep. And they're all uh, outside, like just checking out what's going on. And then the fallout, like quite literally the radioactive fallout starts to fall and like the kids are all running around thinking that it's snowing. And I think it's implied at that point, like all these people died. Yeah, if they didn't, if they didn't die, they've got some hella cancers. Right. And uh, the they, they include the actual news broadcast, too, of uh, Russian state controlled television. Announcing that there was a fire at the plant because at yeah, the time that a was, fire that was their only time acknowledging it and they're like trying their best to cover it up like bro no <laughs> it's, it's not going to happen 
Yeah, I remember watching a whole documentary on it, so I know how fucked that whole situation was and is still because they still don't really want to talk about it. <laughs> I mean, if you want to talk about nuclear war, I mean, uh, all, when, when all is said and done, everything is going to look like Pripyat. Yeah, I mean, like, it's that's a pretty visceral example. I mean, that's part of the reason why I'm just like, what does our nuclear infrastructure look like? Are we actually taking care of things? Should I be keeping myself up at night? I believe we are. I'm not sure the other side is based on all of the equipment they're shuffling around in Ukraine. <laughs> that I've got to worry about. Yeah, especially all of the shelling near like the nuclear reactors like intentionally. Yeah. It's like that makes sense. So whenever nuclear war becomes a big topic again because either North Korea starts flexing their tiny dicks or now tiny dick or now we've got everything going on with Russia and Ukraine. Uh, I noticed that the film the day after will start showing up on on TV, <laughs> which like I tell everyone, like, you should watch this. It It's um, pretty frightening, but uh they start showing it because it's it, it it's the subtle reminder that hey yeah even though this film came out over forty years ago now uh, this is what hypothetically could happen if a nuclear war breaks out. Now this is the day after, powers. not the day after tomorrow. Okay, big, big difference. difference. Big difference. Uh, featuring a young John Lithgow in a serious role. Ooh. Um, oh. And uh, 1980s heartthrob Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> Who made Steve Gutenberg a star? <laughs> we, we do. do. <laughs> damn stone cutters. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but. Uh, and there's, a, there's the UK equivalent is called Threads, and never watch that film. Never. I, I, I implore you to never watch Threads. Threads? Threads. Uh, oh, okay. Threads, it was the UK saying, like, they, they saw the day after and said, we can do this, but we can do it better. Whereas the, and day, then they didn't. the day after looks We can at, make it British. Well, the day after looks at, um, like, the, the weeks following the nuclear war, and Threads goes a full-blown, like, 10 years after the nuclear war. And it's just, it's frightening. Like, they were, because the UK, I mean, obviously, like, the standards and practices out in the UK, the FCC... Slightly different. Slightly different. And it just it that's one of those things that like I watched it and it that film gave me PTSD. So uh watch it PTSD your own by risk. proxy. <laughs> watch it your own risk. But uh, they do mention there's like a title card in like uh, towards the final scene when they, they jump ahead ten years after the uh war and they mention that um the the population in the United Kingdom has fallen to medieval levels. Ooh. of like two million people and they show that like they show a bunch of kids uh just like sitting around conversing and they can't like they can't speak they just like invented their own language because that's just what ah. happens yeah so i think that's more the bleak reality of what happens uh when the when the world comes to a crashing end which will happen eventually it will happen it just doesn't happen in our lifetime eventually were we doing Eventually the show? Eventually, we'll all be bog people. Were we doing the show last week, or was no. it during a break 
where we were discussing um, the the asteroid that they blew up yesterday. They didn't blow up. They just hit it. <laughs> okay. That they impacted. Yes. Because I, I was making Wolf Biederman comments from Deep Impact, but I can't remember if we were actually recording. Um, <laughs> I don't remember either if it was on or off air. Okay. <laughs> we did the foreskin story. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But... Um, I mean, that's something else you got to think about. Not not even just a nuclear war, but what Deep Impact called an Ellie, an extinction level event. Mm -hmm. What happens? Do you try to survive? Do you try to get yourself into the lottery of uh, getting into an underground bunker? Or do you just uh, stand on a beach next to Tia Leone and grin Barrett? I mean, if I was standing next to Tia Leone, I I might stand on the beach, you know. Hot daddy! (laughs) You know, part of me is just kind of like, I, then I also think of um, like the gamma ray bursts and just like, you know, there, there ain't nothing you can do about that one if that happens. Oh, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, that's that's just like, a, uh, they're just be gone. Just like everything's vaporized. So, yeah, um, I guess you just kind of have to, you know, enjoy the moments that you have and, you know, maybe think about keeping the nice storage of food for just, you know, an emergency food plan. I mean, the funny thing is the emergency preparedness, you know, by FEMA says, generally speaking, any emergency for the first three days is about the same. So, you know, you want to have enough water for your family for at least three to seven days. And that's for any emergency, which includes nuclear, you know, Holocaust depending on where you are. Now, obviously, if you're like downtown DC, you're vaporized. But if you're in, in middle America, like no one gives a shit about Akron, Ohio. You might get some fallout, but you're not going to get the initial blast. So as long as you can ride out the initial fallout, which clears itself up majorly in a week, you're fine. It's just the ground fallout you got to worry about afterwards. But the air fallout is what kills you if you go out too soon. So Yeah, that and the, the giant mutated spiders. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's, I mean, let's be honest. We're America. We have 250 million guns. All right. I think we can handle a couple of giant spiders. Okay. Just saying. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. So out in the UK back in the 80s, there, 70s and 80s, there was a, um, like a, I guess like a PSA series that was created called Protect and Survive. And uh, and keen-eared listeners of this podcast might remember that I featured audio of this in our uh, in our production pieces many years ago. But uh, in the film Threads, they uh, before the war happens, um, while people are going about their day-to-day lives, you can hear these playing in the background because all of a sudden, you know, with the threat of nuclear war looming, uh, they started playing just like on a loop. These protect and survive um psas so here's just here here's what like we we're talking earlier about like you know the 19 you know the the, the mid 20th century like the the old film reels about like you know duck and cover but these were the literal like hey we've never experienced this before but uh we're, we're gonna come up with psas to you know try to cover our asses even though in reality we're, we're not going to be able to so here here's just an example of one i do want to point out that the uh, user who posted this 15 years ago, by the way, that their profile picture is that of our favorite vault boy. Ooh. Uh, so here we go.
After an attack is over and the all-clear has been sounded, arrangements will be made as soon as possible to treat any people who are ill or injured. Listen to your radio. Details will be given about what to do, when to do it, and how. If anyone dies while you are kept in your fallout room, move the body to another room in the house. Label the body with name and address and cover it as tightly as possible in polythene, paper, sheets or blankets. Tie a second card to the covering. The radio will advise you what to do about taking the body away for burial. If, however, you have had a body in the house for more than five days and if it is safe to go outside, then you should bury the body for the time being in a trench or cover it with earth and mark the spot of the burial. Yeah, let's just end that with the most frightening fucking music ever. I <laughs> feel safe now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um there's a lot of optimism in this. Like I get they're trying like, hey, we need to um obviously get people aware and uh we don't actually know if any of this is feasible, but like there there's some duty that they're held to 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 do it. I do like how they keep referring to like, you know, clearly the person who's going to be like, you know, their loved one as just the body. The body. The they, body. they show this in uh in threads, by the way, because they they actually show like people who are following the protect and survive uh PSAs to a T after the attack happens, and it's just it's a complete disaster. Especially oh. especially like the uh you know, the covering the bodies and you know, trying to uh trying to make do with that. It it very clearly falls apart very fast. So. Not surprised. You're gonna have a bad time, okay? <laughs> so don't be surprised if these 1970s PSAs start uh, showing up on TV. Uh, there's also up updated a little bit for you know, 2022. Yeah, how close are we to minutes of midnight here? There's uh, see if I can find it. I don't know if I can, but there's a there's a guy. From the BBC, the BBC, who like pre-recorded a, um, like a, it's basically a message like a nuclear war is happening, and he like he pre-recorded all the stuff, and I think this guy's like long since dead, but he was like he was like the voice of the BBC for um big events. Because he had that sort of like calming, but direct official voice. So the guy who announced when the Queen died is like the BBC's go-to person for announcing big events. So this is be this would be the guy in modern times to record such a um, such an announcement. There's like someone that the BBC just de de designates as you are the one who will um, who who will announce this to the entire country when the time comes you read all of the bad news 
<laughs> but your but your uh, but your your voice is just so pleasant. I, I it's on. I, it might even be on. Um, might even be on Wikipedia. Actually, now that I think about it, I'm I'm not going to try to find it. But of course, I I try to do a search on YouTube, and guess what? Fucking comes up. Threads. Yeah. The entire fucking film. <laughs> uh, and also. Uh, Side note: It's a hundred seconds to midnight now. They've moved it up since a hundred seconds. Yeah, no, not even two minutes. It's it's hundred seconds. So Is it also bad that like I hear that phrase and then immediately think of Iron Maiden. Two minutes to midnight. Yes, yes, exactly. So out yeah, in, out in the in the UK, they call it a four minute warning because. That's how many minutes they have because they're so close to Russia. Because they're so that, that close. Sounds way, that sounds way too polite. <laughs> but out in the in the U.S., as I learned from uh, the day after, it's 30 minutes. So, Yeah, we generally have a lot more because it's got to go intercontinental. ICBM. Uh, Peter Donaldson was the name of the BBC broadcaster. Uh, oh, here it is. I found it. Uh this is a genuine pre-recorded announcement to be broadcast by B- the BBC in the event of a nuclear attack on the United Kingdom. Okay, here we go. And I got to say, their uh, their graphics that they use are just so pleasant. <laughs> they just don't want to scare people, even though, like, you're going to die. Oh, which one do we want to do? Do we want to do the more recent one or do we want to do the, the 1980s version? I feel like the 1980s version is the one that actually could have aired because of nuclear Holocaust. Then recent one, I feel like maybe a bit more polished. Yeah. <laughs> a little too PC, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> for, for this era. <laughs> we don't want to offend people, even though everyone's going to die. Imminently. They have like that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We, <laughs> we don't want to potentially offend those who will survive. Because uh, they might all turn into cats, thanks to uh, radiation. Okay, here we go. Here's the old, the the old version. This is the wartime broadcasting service. This country has been attacked with nuclear weapons. Communications have been severely disrupted, and the number of casualties and the extent of the damage are not yet known. We shall bring you further information as soon as possible. Meanwhile, stay tuned to this wavelength. Stay calm. And stay in your own house. Remember, there's nothing to be gained by trying to get away. By leaving your homes, you could be exposing yourselves to greater danger. If you leave, you may find yourselves without food, without water, without accommodation, and without protection. We shall be on the air every hour on the hour. Stay tuned to this wavelength, but switch your radios off now to save your batteries. That is the end of this broadcast. Wow. That's legit. Damn. Yeah. They're just so blunt about it, too. What's well, that British kind of stiff upper lip, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Don't fuck around. Don't muck about. <laughs> Mike, I didn't ask you. What would you do uh, if a uh, nuclear war broke out? What's your plan? Uh, um. I kind of depends. I'd say, I mean, I've got kids. It's a little harder to just kind of like bug out. Um, 
maybe if if the roads aren't packed, uh, try to head up to uh, Middle New Hampshire a little bit. There's family up there. Um, otherwise, I mean, Boston is really the only location that's going to get hit locally, um, and that wind travels east, so we're relatively safe. It's just you know dealing with a bunch of asshole kids for a couple of days in a house, which we've done for two years. So, <laughs> I mean, other than that, like you know, but board up the board up the doors, board up the windows, and 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 wait for the impending uh, you know mob to to show up. I don't know. I think it's uh, I think it's impressive that you actually like plan to survive. Are you gonna save up your bottle caps? Oh, oh, believe me, sir. I've already saved up some bottle caps. Thank you very much. I know. I know how to future plan. Okay. Do you remember in the old studio at my parents' house, we actually had a pile of bottle caps growing <laughs> for this exact reason? <laughs> Got to be prepared, man. Am I the only one who just wants to die? M- maybe. Okay. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very existential question, Jack. <laughs> I just want to die, man. <laughs> I don't want to live on this planet anymore. Uh, but yeah, uh, okay. So um, yeah, no, I guess that's me. And the only one that just doesn't want to deal with the post-apocalyptic world. I mean, it just like it'll be fast. I, I'm sure I'll be vaporized. It might be. I might get a little hot for a minute, but I mean, I feel like it's just gonna be like a deep sigh, like. Like slowly putting on ripped uh, shirt as bandana, taking out weaponry, going outside. <laughs> it's just like, here we go again. This is what I feel like. It's just gonna be just like, well, I'm not gonna just like, I can't just like lay down and die. Like I just like I just I know that that's like inside me. It's just not something I can do. So like, if I'm gonna be alive, like I'm damn well gonna be like going down fighting and trying to survive as long as possible. Yeah, because who knows? You might, you might like thirty, forty years. You might have like a a mountain village, and you just happen to be like the the village's like yogi the elder, stage. <laughs> right? Because you survived long enough, and you like you know remembered uh, and carried like a hooked on phonics book, uh, <laughs> uh, like along with you, and like a copy of like Forrest Gump. Talk to Elder Z. He's from the old times. Some of, <laughs> some of us were even alive when the war happened. <laughs> so okay so like we're having fun with this right but there's at the end of threads there is a scene uh in the when they jump ahead 10 years where um there's like a, a bombed out like church or schoolhouse or something it's a bunch of kids now they're able to um restore electricity but they're doing it through like uh using like you know fucking you, what do you call it? Like with the river and the thing? Hydroelectric. Hydroelectric. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's the thing with the river. Are you talking about like a, <laughs> a, a water wheel and a dam? Is that what I have COVID? I have an excuse. Remember, Jack, don't lick the doorknobs. Just I've, want to just say that. Just got, no, no context. I've got brain fog. Um, yeah, so like they're using that and they're using steam power, but they're able to bring back like some degree of electricity. So it's a bunch of kids who are gathered around a TV and they're watching like, you know, the British version of PBS, um, watching some like educational program. BBC full. And then there's a woman who uh, very clearly 
has been around since before the war, and I guarantee you she's probably 30, but because of radiation and everything, she's aged prematurely, and she's sitting there, and she's just mouthing along to uh, what they're doing on the show, and that's how kids are learning language. And that's how they're learning how to speak is just watching this, this like the one VHS tape that they can find. They're just watching it over and over and over again because that's that's it. That's how you can do it. So I feel like that's like the um, cartoon equivalent of just like when you have like the little um, like d- like um, dream cloud and it's just like a, a cooked ham. <laughs> that's just going on in there. <laughs> just a bunch of symbols that are appearing. <laughs> yes. Like a like a screw and a baseball. Exactly. <laughs> like a choco bar and a cardboard box. Thank you. Thank you. Uh anyway. Uh so that's uh that is it. If the world ends, it uh, I guess I'm outnumbered in terms of survival. But knowing my luck, I'll I'll, I'll be like literally standing at an impact point and I'll live. So there's that. missed it by that much. Also, knowing our luck to only the minor cities will get attacked, right? Because like the whole the whole point of like a nuclear war is to take out the major metropolitan areas and they're going to hit like Portsmouth. And uh, oh, God, what else? Like Albany. Well, see, there's the Portsmouth Naval Yard. So that's that there uh, is also, uh, I believe, is it is the. Uh, the Yankee um, nuclear reactor is still online up in New Hampshire too. Like you hit that right there. And I think there's a nuclear power plant up in the uh, Northern New York. You hit that. And isn't there one uh, in uh, like fall river near fall river? Uh, I think, yeah. Fall river might have one still. Okay. Um, I mean, everybody freaks out about it, but these are the nuclear power plants that aren't built like Chernobyl. So they, and they have what's called safeguards. <laughs> And a little and a little thing called OSHA. I just I love I, I love how you worded that though. Just a little thing. <laughs> Come with me, and you'll be in a world of OSHA violations. Weren't they like worried about like did they actually want to take all these things offline? Like take the nuclear plants offline. Everybody's worried about the nuclear plants going offline, but honestly. Uh, the amount of people that die from nuclear radiation compared to the people that die uh, early from, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the soot and shit from coal plants. Yeah, I'll take the nuke. Here you go. Here's a great line from the day after that that's relevant and featuring a young John Lithgow where they talk about impact points. As far as Missouri. All free to watch on YouTube. Make it pretty, Ollie. This is my last trim as a free man. I'm getting married tomorrow. Are you? Yep. Congratulations. Who knows? The president's speaking on television at six tonight. Maybe he'll tell us something new. They'll tell us what they want us to hear. Keep the panic at the low sweat stage. I really don't think either side wants to be the first to use a nuclear device. It's not a question of who, but where. Over whose real estate. Say we explode a nuclear bomb over their troops on our side. The fallout had better not drift over to their side. They're crazy. How do they expect it's going to stop with just one bomb? You want to know what crazy is? Crazy's not staying out of other people's business. We shouldn't be over there in the first place. Well, maybe they'll contain it. After all, I've still got symphony tickets for tonight. The thing that bothers me is that damn launch on warning. What's that? 
That's when one side tells the other that they're going to fire their missiles as soon as they think the other guy's missiles are already on the way. You know, use them or lose them. What do you really think the chances of something like that happening way the hell out here in the middle of nowhere? Nowhere? <laughs> There's no nowhere anymore. You're sitting next to the Whiteman Air Force Base right now. That's about 150 Minuteman missile silos spread halfway down the state of Missouri. That's an awful lot of bullseyes. Uh, so TLDR, we're fucked. We're all fucked. We're all going to die. Well, basically, I mean, they've got still what? 4,000 nuclear warheads. Yep. Something assuming like they can ga- assuming, assuming they can gas them all up and get them over here. Something like that. All right. Uh, well, thank you for enduring this incredibly, uh, colorful, lively and, um, not so morbid conversation. I hope we, I hope we've brightened everyone's day. Mike and I will walk away like it's nothing. Zach is probably going to cry himself to sleep. Existential oh. crisis. Oh, no, no. See, like, I'm, 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 I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> as, 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 he, as he starts sharpening his katana. It's going to just be sitting there like uh, in like a half fugu state holding a rifle, just like cleaning it. <laughs> I am the angel of death. There is no God. (laughs) All right. Uh, We will come back and we will wrap this up. Stick around. Am I going to work there much longer? No, I'm not going to work there. Hardly focused. I'm a driver. I'm a winner. Things are going to change. I can feel it. This is the end. Hardly focused. The end. I didn't realize that the Foo Fighters tribute concert for Taylor Hawkins, the second one, the U.S.-based one, is tonight. That is, I'm guessing, going to be kicking off within the next hour or so, because that's out in Los Angeles. Um, I honestly don't think it's going to... Now, it's awesome. Don't get me wrong. It's it's an awesome lineup, and it's going to be an epic show. I just don't think it's going to live up to the hype and the success of the Wembley show. Cause that like, we knew it was going to be big, but it ended up being big. It's like watching a sequel. Like you, you kind of know the players already. You're not going to be as surprised. It's kind of, all right, it's great, but it's not great. Yeah. The like, uh, let's, let's think about like, uh, Shane Hawkins doing my hero. Like, okay, if he does it again, great, cool. But is it, is it going to rack up 10 million views on YouTube again? Like it did with the Wembley show. Because at this point, you know what to expect. It's not It's not a surprise anymore. Right. And a lot of the performers at this show are the same ones who were at the UK one. Like, it's nice that they're doing it for a US audience. But um, I, I wouldn't mind watching it again. I hope it's live streamed. I don't know if it's going to be live streamed. But at the same time, like, we, we, we kind of already saw this. We already got the Rush reunion. We got the, we got the Amazing Queen performance. Like... We got to see Wolfgang Van Halen for the first time bust out Van Halen tracks on guitar. Like we, we we've we've seen all this already. So I don't know. I'm I'm still gonna get into it. Hopefully, uh, here's a couple things. Hopefully, it's great. I mean, it's a Foo Fighters. Here's a couple things. Here's a couple things. Yeah, it's a Foo Fighters. It's gonna be great. Hopefully, too. That Dave Grohl. God damn, take a break, dude.
take a breather. No, 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 no. He does not want to breathe it right now. He needs to work through it. Because he performed with everybody. He performed. Uh, Liam Gallagher was the opener at the UK show, and he played with him. And then, like, Dave was on stage for a solid, like, five hours. Yeah, man. It was like, you know, and, and, and it, it was it was his wake. That's what it was. Yep. It's like, I need to be there. I, you know, you're standing next to him the entire time, embracing everybody that comes in to celebrate. That's what it is. Well, uh, Chris Shiflett, who's the uh, lead guitarist in Foo Fighters, confirmed that uh, there will very likely be a Foo Fighters album coming out um, in the future. Pretty much confirming that the band will continue on in some form, shape, or form uh, after these concerts wrap, which is good because a lot of the times when a band loses a key member like this, they, uh, they split up. Or they just go inactive and you never hear from them again. So I'd be down for some new foo stuff. I, I'm surprised you didn't, didn't uh, use the little uh, play on words there. Said so in some form or shape as opposed to some color and shape. Some color and shape. Hey, I saw uh, Sunny Day Real Estate last week and uh, the famous story about that. William Goldsmith from Sunny Day was the... He was supposed to play drums on that album and some of his contributions are... Still on the album, but Dave just wasn't a fan of his work and went in and re-recorded everything. I guess kind of a fuck you moment too, right? Like guy guy actually spends time and puts down all the work just for um Dave to come in and just re I mean he got paid for it though, right? So he does get royalties from it? Yeah. Eleven hundred dollars every six months. Ooh. Bit of a contentious a relationship. Bit of a yeah. No, that's not a lot. That's uh, a long time to wait just for eleven hundred dollars. Look, I'd be happy to get eleven hundred dollars every six months. Shit, but I mean, I'm I'm also like, I just don't want to be a bother. Because like he could take him to court. He could take Dave Girl to court to try to get more royalties. But like in the end, is it worth it? Because, like, how much do you pay in, in court fees at that point? Exactly. Legal costs. Yeah. So, um, but there are there are demos out there of, like, uh, My Hero, for example, with Goldsmith doing the drums on it. And it's just, it's not the same. Like, Goldsmith's a great drummer. But compared to Dave, like, it was only right that Dave did the drums on Color in the Shade. I mean, not for nothing. You're, you're going up to be the drummer for a drummer. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. So, uh, well, I guess what I'm saying is William Goldsmith likely will not be taking over the throne in Foo Fighters as the new drummer. I don't think that will be happening. Um, but uh, what? Do, oh, OK. A couple things we didn't get to. A couple things we didn't get to. <laughs> uh, well, oh, hey. All right. Hey, all right. So uh, big announcement for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Bombshell didn't leak, unlike Grand Theft Auto 6. No. didn't leak uh here's ryan reynolds announcing something big about deadpool 3 here we go hey everyone uh we're extremely sad to have missed d23 but we've been working very hard on the next deadpool film for uh a good long while now i've had to really search my soul on this one uh his first appearance in the mcu obviously needs to feel special we need to stay true to the character uh find new depth new 
motivation, new meaning. Every Deadpool needs to stand out and stand apart. It's been an incredible challenge that has forced me to reach down deep inside. And I have nothing. Yeah, it's just completely empty up here and terrifying. But we did have one idea. Hey, Hugh, you want to play Wolverine one more time? Yeah, sure, Ryan. Fucking amazing. Wow, that's great. So Deadpool will be part of the MCU now, uh, but Wolverine also showing up in the MCU. Um, the Rhymes with Wolverine. <laughs> now, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness uh, opened doors to some possibilities, but... Uh, for Wolverine to be coming back. I mean, Logan was the perfect send off. True. But I mean, with, uh, with Deadpool, like I know. Right. And you kind of have to go back and make up for Deadpool's initial introduction. Ouch. Yeah. The Baraka stage. Like, I don't know what the hell they were thinking when they did that. Yeah. So, uh, and, and there's, speculation i saw this on reddit that uh based on a scene from the wolverine that uh logan here will wear the yellow wolverine suit which would be a very very big deal um and uh that's entertainment here in worcester um just this past weekend the guy who designed um the guy who created nick fury and who designed the x-men logo was there doing signings that actually, had I not had COVID, I would have gone and uh, I would have gone and spent fifty dollars to have him write my name out in the X Men logo. <laughs> so I could go up to him and be like, "Hey, he draw things in comic books. <laughs> I have a podcast." <laughs> so, uh, sir, you said that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no internal monologue. <laughs> Did I mention I have COVID? <laughs> uh, Deadpool 3 coming in 2024. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a while. Going to be a while. We got Deadpool 2 very quickly after the first one. And, yeah, we did. And now it's been, It's. It's. I think it's going to be uh, a long, long time. A long time. I mean, not for yeah, nothing, though. He kind of did a couple of things in between. Sure, sure. And I'd, COVID happens, so we had to kind of put things on pause and kind of like restructure. And I think Logan happened after Deadpool too. I'm not. Don't quote me on that, but um, Logan too. It, and he has. Uh, I was just saying, he, and and Ryan Reynolds doesn't he have like a, that uh, Mint or Chime or whatever. Mint Mobile, and he's got Aviation Gin that he just sold. He bought Wrexham Football Club. Yep. Oh, uh, not only does he have Chime, he was able to bring Rick Moranis back from the dead. What the fuck? Really? Yeah, he did a commercial for Mint Mobile and it wasn't Chime, it was Mint Mobile, but he got uh, Rick Moranis to be in it. And it's like one of one of the first times that Rick Moranis has been on camera since the 90s, since he retired. The commercial is great. Rick Moranis is like, why am I here? What am I doing? 
Just stand here and look pretty. <laughs> Just remind people that you exist. Uh, okay. Uh, Kevin Sorbo, <laughs> who was best known for playing uh, Hercules back in the 90s. Disappointed! Was on uh, some channel that you have to pay lots of money to receive because no respectable cable outlet will carry it. And he had this brilliant stream of consciousness to say. I had a call from, from Netflix saying, hey, we know you have a strong foot in this inspirational world. We want to open an inspirational division here at Netflix. Had uh, three, four meetings with them over a couple months. Gave them some great projects for television or for, I mean, for series or for, or for movies. Um, they still didn't make the move on it. I think there's such a weird ideology in there. They're afraid they may, I, I still think they want to, but they're afraid, oh my gosh, we'll get a backlash from within the Hollywood elite if we do a movie that's got a positive message in it. And, uh, you know, so it's unfortunate. I always joke that if I played a, a radical Islamic pedophile terrorist in a movie, I'd get nominated for an Academy Award. And that's really a weird world we're in right now. Okay. Uh, no, 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 no. Kevin Sorbo's a fucking maniac. Yeah, but he's funny thing is he's so easy to dunk on on Twitter. It's amazing how many people just like, it's like pistol whipping a blind kid. Yeah, part of you is just like, you know, wow, why did you say that? But the other part of you is just like, you know, I'm glad that you said that because, like, now I know that, that that's what you think. And, like, I can I can take that into account the next time I, like, take anything that you say with any modicum of seriousness. So it is good that people have the ability to just, like, literally serve their whole ass for, like, public, like, display forever because it's the Internet. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I do like looking at his... Uh, filmography and it is very uh <laughs> it's it slowed down quite a bit in the last few years oh to, did it to the point where, <laughs> slightly to the point where he's just doing like christian films now like oh that sounds lucrative one a year if that um he'd mm. make more money if he was on the lifetime channel with uh or hallmark channel with christmas movies but yeah with Kirk those Cameron. are too liberal for his taste uh, he played Hercules in God of War three. That that's big. Like probably back when he had credibility to his name. But shit. And I'm sure he just ran around and again. Now I've played God of War three. I stopped at two. But um, I'm sure he just ran around the game just doing this. Disappointed. The script said disappointed as like you need to act disappointed. Okay. Like that, that it wasn't a line that he was supposed to say. And Kevin Sorbo, because he's just such a intelligent individual, thought that was a line he had to say. Disappointed. And they decided to keep it in. That's so bad. <laughs> that is I had no idea that that is why he said that. Now it just makes it it just makes it ten times worse. You just show, they start filming and he just walks in. Int forest. Hercules stands up and looks around. Like, no, 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 Kevin, you don't have to say any of that. I just did. hungry. Hungry. <laughs> but we'll have lunch later. 
<laughs> okay, and action. Page 27. Uh, cut, cut. Kevin, that's the page number of the script. It's not your line. Uh, you know who's aged quite well, though? Lucy Lalas. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And then now, uh, oh, who was the blonde chick from Xena? Oh, I can't remember her name, but I know who you're talking about. Renee O'Connor. Oh, Gabrielle. <laughs> what's, what's she looking like these days? Okay, not bad. All right. Okay. I, I could tell immediately that was Gabrielle. All right. Yeah, Xena was a good show for the adolescent young male that I was. Right. <laughs> uh, Fred Toucher, so his foot is falling off, and he posted on Instagram five hours ago that he had checked. He went back. He's been like going to the hospital. Uh, is this a diabetic early. related or is this something else related? They don't know. Uh, the foot's just falling off. Okay, it's necrotic. All right. The consensus has been cellulitis, but like, there was one day last week during the show that it was uh six a.m. He does the first break, and then like maybe like not even ten minutes into it, he just all of a sudden goes, "I'm feeling lightheaded," and they go to commercial, and then he just he left. He got like he actually fainted in the studio. Like he managed to managed to throw to a break before fainting. So now he's been going like in and out of the hospital, and he's been in like uh horrible amounts of pain. That's not um funny. So he posts earlier that like he's in a hospital room. He's, he's checked into a hospital. And then he posted again just two hours ago saying, well, I walked out of the hospital, ripped the shit off my chest like a movie. Unbelievable. Talk to you tomorrow. P.S. I'm not cured. Just fucking pissed. So uh, interesting. So, uh, yeah, they're going to be earning their 20 share tomorrow. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Can't wait to listen to that one. <laughs> Oh, uh, that that will be that will be good. Twitter man. All right, uh, Zach. Thank you for being here. It's good to see you as always. Good to be here, Mike. Uh, thank you for being here. You're welcome. And for the rest of you, we will talk at you next time. Thank you for listening. See you. Bye. Goodbye. may not have happened.